You were listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad. Uh, good morning. Good to see you. What's your name? Oh, my name's Erwin McManus. Here we go. Let's jump on <laughs> right. into this last episode. We had kind of a free-for-all, a backstreet brawl. <laughs> It was a, it was, it was, it was a, an emotional one. Yeah. Well, it was a, actually I thought a really interesting one because um, whenever you do something that matters, you get both uh, praise and criticism. And a part of um, that conversation gave us an opportunity to talk about some things that really mattered. It did. And this was the thing. Why did we, why did we go at the criticism opposed to just letting it slide? I think we wanted to establish the fact that, one, you can mess with us, but we might mess back. But it was interesting because, like, the first wave... <laughs> you, you, you love conflict. I love it. I love it. And yet it stresses you out completely. Stre- anxiety. So yeah. much anxiety. But I will say this. It makes me feel empowered that we can defend ourselves and do it in, like, an uh, intelligent way and sometimes a little sarcastic way, a sassy way. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. It is funny that, like, now the wave of, like... You know, the, the, the people, the little ladder climbers are now trying to like pick fights and it's funny. But anyways, we got rid of most of the criticism. I'm sure it'll come back at some point. We've almost sold out of all the masks, the ones mm-hmm. everyone made fun of. And it's, it's pretty interesting that like your most expensive item, the, the, the parkas, the, the things that everyone's critiquing has held up. Mm-hmm. People are <laughs> buying them. Things are moving. We did a drop yes uh, a couple of days ago and it sold out in five minutes. So I'm excited for the future of what you're building. Thank you so, so much. Congratulations. There's um, one DM that said, um, why do you limit um, comments? Are you afraid of criticism? And so then I clicked on that person's um, private inst- Instagram, and it was a private profile. And I thought, oh, I can't even respond to you because... It always is. And uh, you you sent it on a private profile. And and uh, so I thought I would respond to that because I think we all have to deal with criticism. Right. And maybe talking a little bit about how to deal with criticism and, and where it should be on your radar is, is at least a, worth a few-minute conversation. Okay. Because I did think this through. You know, yes. um, I used to just, my Instagram used to be open to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then I would get all of this uh, uh, negative input, all this hate, all this criticism. And I realized, oh, these people don't even follow me. So I don't even know how they were aware of anything I was doing. So that's still, to me, bizarre that people who don't follow someone would go to their site just to say something negative. It's and, always interesting. And I don't even know how they find out about it. So that's that is so I decided, hey, I'll leave critique, but only for the people who are journeying with me. And so if you're with me every day and you actually care about what we're doing and it matters in your life, then um, I'm interested in what you have to say. And and then I, I because I think there's a culture that says that my opinion matters everywhere. Okay. And by the way, this is a very new thing to your generation. What? This idea that your opinion matters everywhere. Or the fact that it doesn't, really? Well, no, because before your generation, everyone knew your opinion didn't matter everywhere because you weren't able to give your opinion everywhere. There wasn't social media. There wasn't a way to critique everyone. There wasn't a way to always say what you're thinking. And I mean, if we learned anything from our last president, and we should always learn things from our presidents, uh, it's a terrible idea to tweet at three in the morning. It's a terrible idea to, to, to go top of the mind on social media. It's a terrible idea to say everything you think unfiltered. And... Um, and and on top of that, if you're going to go into like a free form of speaking your mind to the world, why is it that what's coming out of your soul is negative? 
why isn't it that you're spreading like goodwill and encouragement and and hope and optimism and 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 so when I look at people who are finding things to critique, I realize one, this is what's inside of you. This is what's in your soul. And it says so much more about you than it does about whatever you're critiquing or talking about. And and then secondly, um, what is the what is the cultural narcissism that causes us to believe that our opinion should be heard everywhere? So when people say you're limiting free speech, I'm like, no, no, no. Free speech isn't you have the right to say whatever you want anywhere you want. You can't walk into my house and start telling me that you disagree with me. You're right. not allowed to come into my house <laughs> and, uh, right. unless you're invited into my house. Right. And I, I think that if we began to see social spaces in the internet as people's homes, and that if you're and if you're invited into someone's home, because my Instagram is in private, so you can just follow me without a request. Right. I I made it open because I didn't really realize how uh, negative and acidic the culture would become through social media. But when you're invited into someone's house, you treat the hosts with respect. And if we actually began to develop that culture, it would be so much healthier. And and then, so criticism, because every leader, anyone listening who's ever going to try to do anything that matters, you're going to have to deal with criticism. And and here's the, the, the rule of thumb. If you start believing all the praise you get from people who don't know you, you're going to become an unhealthy narcissist. And you're going to have a wrong view of yourself. Because I remember years ago, people would say, I just want to get to know you. And I'm like, you know, right now, you like me because I'm at a distance. If you got in close, it might actually take more work to like me. And it's easier to, um, uh, to almost like glamorize a person from a distance. And it's harder to be a friend up close. So I don't listen to all the praise from far away the same way I would listen to, let's say, affirmation from someone that knows me well. And the same with criticism, um, if you let people who are critiquing you affect your life and they don't know you and they're not a part of your life and they're not, they're not committed to your success, you're actually going to damage your own soul. So that's why it's important to have a tight circle of people that what they say to you actually matters, whether it's criticism or whether it's affirmation and praise. I think it's it's a very interesting statement that you're making or an argument that you're you're kind of presenting because I do think we allow people who shouldn't be in our lives or have voices in our lives have voices mm-hmm. and then we allow people to 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 gain a following of toxicity and then project it in a certain direction. Um, because I thought it was one really interesting thing because when I, I post a lot of the negative stuff on Bad Ready because I want people to see both sides of it, like where we're coming from when we talk about certain things. And there was someone who posted a crazy mean DM, sent it to me personally, then sent it to Bad Ready, sent it to you, but I got into your DMs and deleted it before you could see it. And it was a private, fake account. Obviously, someone pretty heated, just destroying us, called me a bastard, called me like all this stuff, crazy stuff. And I thought it was so interesting. I'm like, oh, well, okay, this is fascinating. And I think it's really good for people to see how toxic people are behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, like, someone gets gets convicted to just be like, okay, you know what? I was a trash talker and now I'm not going to be. Mm -hmm. I also find it funny when I see people in your comments that are like, 
praising you, but then they're on like really lame Instagrams like trashing us. And so I think, I think it's always interesting like, how duplicitous people can be on the internet. And it's also why like we were talking, mm-hmm. we just take a day off on Sundays. We're like not going to do social media. We're not really going to do much work on the on those days as far as like on the internet. We're just going to like go to church, hang out with our families mm-hmm. and do our thing. But there is there is a certain level of 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 odd behavior on the internet that we yeah. let into our life. And so we have to adjust the the filters in which we let people in. Yeah, it's funny when that person said, are you afraid of criticism? I wanted to respond to them and I'll tell them, no, I'm not afraid of your criticism. I'm afraid you're going to say something stupid. Aaron's going to see it, destroy you, <laughs> and leave you psychologically paralyzed for at least three to four days. Oh, and, gosh, that's going to come. Uh, this statement's going to come back to me. <laughs> No, but here's the yeah. thing. Like, if you're going to talk trash, you better have a backing to it. You better know the facts. Right. And if it's your opinion and your feelings, then we're going to have a conversation. The thing that I find interesting is that there is no way you can out-critique us. We are brutal to ourselves. Yeah, and that's, yeah, if you think we don't criticize ourselves and critique ourselves and and send ourselves through a pretty brutal process, uh, you're mistaken. And uh, and I would say interesting thing, and I'm gonna you can edit this out if you want, but a part of the reason you respond the way you do Uh-oh. is because growing up, you watched me let really mean acidic people constantly say brutal, cruel things to us, and because I was trying to be like Jesus from the best of my understanding, I let them constantly do it, and I, and I never was harsh back. Yes. Th- and, and, that, and that left you with some, you know... With some damage and yeah. some therapy bills <laughs> and, uh, that I would like to send to some people. And so but you, we, you came out of it going, I'm never going to let people bully us. Right. Or I bully did, you. Yeah, I did come out of it saying that. And, I, and when we went into this, I said, you have to, like... You know, I kind of forewarned you. I'm not the same person. I before I was a really ragey, angry person who was because out of that you end up becoming more bullying kind of person for a season. I would never life. accept that I was a bullying kind of person because all the fights that I got into were usually trying to protect other people. That's true. You were. I being never bullied. really picked people. You fought back. To, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I want to take that yeah. back. You never. I'll accept your apology. No, no, keep it in there. I think it's okay. good. I think it's yeah, good. Yeah, to, no. yeah, no, no. Th- there's a difference. A bully is a person who looks for weaker people to beat up. And you were never a bully. You were always a person, though, who um, decided, I'm not going to let people bully me. Yeah. That is where we differ. Because you really felt like it was to be like Jesus to say nothing. And I said, I am not Jesus. And I'm not going, and I'm going to try to be like Jesus, but I'm probably going to end up somewhere between like Paul and Peter. I'm the guy with the sword who cuts the ear off, and I know I know my role right now. And at some point, I hope I get to the next space. This doesn't mean I'm accepting it. We're joking a little bit. We're having a, a, a semi-theoretical, yeah. sarcastic conversation, but also with a lot of truth inside of it. I know the role I play, and with that, I feel comfortable. Like my personality is is an eight on the enneagram, and I hate I even hate saying that. But I was having a great conversation with a friend who texted me and said, "You're an eight, right?" Like, like, preface it with, can I ask you a really personal question? I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then it's like, you're an eight, right? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, how do you handle that? And I said, not well. Right. I mean, you're an eight who is hypervigilant, so you're you're aware of all, all the these dangers. All labels. <laughs> There's not a label. And uh, um, it's both your strength and, and your and your uh, challenge. 
Weakness, you can say it. You know, because strength and challenge. He's trying to really <laughs> soften the blow now. He's really trying to soften the blow because that's the way I, I process things. And um, you're 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 like your great strength is your defender of the weak, right? And uh, and you hate injustice and you'll fight for people when you feel like they're being bullied and beat up, right? Um, and then that can flip around to where sometimes you know you see the enemy everywhere. For sure. And I can get really offended really easily. And that's something I had to really adjust. And I ask you a lot, like, should I be yeah. offended by the statement? Or should I, my feelings be hurt? I was literally, we're listening to Mariah give a message. And I was like, was that at me? Was she coming? And it at wasn't. Me? And I was sitting there going, what did you hear? Because I've been listening to every uh, word. Yeah, you've got to go back and maybe listen to the opening <laughs> statement. It was, it was a little pointed at me. She literally says, when you have a brother. And I was like, oh, no. But, but with that, I do think that, like, so it kind of started in high school, and then it, oh, it started earlier than high school. It started with growing up with you and and people who you know were, were were pretty aggressive towards you. And then I think as I grew up, I had two choices. It was a lot of anger and rage, and then a lot of silence and passivity. Yeah, passivity is the right word. Yeah, passivity. Yeah. yeah. And so I was really either apathetic mm-hmm. or highly like vi- hyper vigilant and mm-hmm. ragey. But I remember in high school, yeah, you were going to Lucerna Public School, crazy. And, um, and it was right before the first day of school, and you said, hey, Dad, I need to tell you something. Uh-oh. And I said, what's that? And you said, last year, I just took it. This year, I'm fighting back. Yeah. And he goes, I don't want to... And you told me, I don't want to disrespect you, so I want you to know yeah. that this year, I'm going to fight back. He got fighting the first week of school, I think. And I, I remember being so angry. The principal, I, I, I talked to this guy, and he, he's like, yeah, your son has to fight back or he's going to get hurt. Yeah. But if he fights back, we'll have to expel him. And I go, so wait a minute. So you were telling me is that the only way he's going to survive this is to fight. But if he fights, he'll be kicked out of your school. They ended up breaking my hand. And that last year. You know, and. In a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember um, I, I had to return from a trip because yeah. Um, yeah. you'd gotten in a fight. I'd gone, yeah, and, and But you know, most of the time you got in a fight because you saw some kid getting beat up. Yeah, that was usually the case. Because I was like, if there was ever like a Revenge of the Nerds, like that was my life. If there was a, if there was a movie that applied to my life, it was Revenge of the Nerds. Like I was the friend with all of the like international students and all of the nerdy kids. And my freshman year in high school, I had like a roller backpack, a sweater vest, a part down the middle, like my hair. Like I was a really <laughs> nerdy kid. And you came back one day and was like, you're not going to school like this, are you? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, He's like, you're not allowed to let your mother dress you. Like, I was just a really <laughs> immature, young 14-year-old who's like, very sweet, but also, like, had that, like, had to get in fights and got beat up a lot all of junior high and elementary school. <laughs> and when I told you, I was like, I'm fighting back. I, got, I was growing and I was getting bigger and I was kind of getting a bit more of, like, the... You, when you get beat up once, it's really not that bad after that. <laughs> you already know what it feels like. You know how to take it and you just keep going. So, you know, I was friends with the international students. And so, like, a lot of the kids would get beat up and then I'd end up showing up and getting in a fight. And then, you know, and then it was always this thing. And so... Because all your friends were ethnic minorities. All of them. All, all your of, friends were international I had students. Like, I literally was like the UN. I literally had like an Indian friend, a Korean friend, a Japanese <laughs> friend, a Chinese friend, like the Mexican friend. Like everyone was just from everywhere. And so then I got to to my junior year of high school and I w- grew a f- like half a foot, like a foot maybe, and got a little bit cooler, got the braces off, things were, <laughs> you know. And then you get into another level of trouble because now you're not necessarily the nerdy kid anymore, but but they're seeing you, they saw you as the nerdy kid, so now you're mm-hmm. like, do I get a seat at the table or do I have mm-hmm. to fight my way in? And so there was a lot of animosity. And for some reason, I do have a personality that rubs people the wrong way. So when my friend asked me, how do you, how do you handle your eightness? 
I said I don't handle it well. But one thing that you really taught me mm-hmm. in how to fight back, and maybe this is the concept of this show today, is like how to fight back, when to fight back, and is fighting back okay? Mm-hmm. Because you, I remember when I was younger, I'm growing, I'm growing this. You used to say kindness is the greatest strength. Yes, I and still I, believe that. And I used to look at you and be like, kindness is the greatest weakness. <laughs> I said it. Yep. And I would say I'm absolutely 100% wrong, and I repent from that statement. Because it's something that I've learned. The more kind you are, really, the, the more the world opens up for you. Yeah. And I knew that you would look at me and go, kindness is a weakness. But I took that as like, let everyone take advantage of Right. Me. Right. And, and maybe, and I'll say, and then not just maybe, and definitely I misapplied kindness. And by letting really cruel, evil um, people, destructive people have too much of a voice, and or any voice, I gave people a voice who should have been uh, told to be silent, mm-hmm. and 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 some of that is because you know we all start from a core personality in some ways, and and we have to grow and figure out what that means in real life in real time, and if you want to reflect Jesus, you have to figure out how that looks in the real world. And since I didn't grow up in the church. And, I, and Christianity was was really something very new to me. You were watching me figure out how my faith was applied in the middle of that. And, yeah. and, and you know, when I was young, I was um, one of those super introverted, super quiet, ragey people. <laughs> but you also internalized. You were like, you had an incredible yeah. ability to like internalize and process stuff, whether it was healthy or not, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but like, but you really never respond. I never really respond. Saw you respond with anger. No, I, ever I, growing up. I I, I took uh, control of the anger inside of me because I knew it was so intense. Yeah. And um, I didn't ever want to hurt anyone, and I didn't ever want to have to live with regret. So I so I would I would avoid fights, not because I was afraid to be hurt, but I was I was afraid to permanently hurt someone and have to live with that. Right. And. Um, so I, I think some of it was just like dealing with my own internal. I guess I wasn't really in the category of having to ever worry to hurt somebody. I was just trying. <laughs> I was just, you know, the Netflix series Drive to Survive. I was just trying to survive. Like I was just trying to make it out of high school alive. But then it kind of crossed over yeah. to the rest of my life. Like we've had moments where you're like, you have to stop picking fights in the world, and I'd be like, watch, it comes to me. <laughs> and we were at a Clippers game when that situation happened with that kid who's sitting next to us. Mm-hmm. And and thank God for that person who like just knew us from church and mm-hmm. stepped in. And I looked at you and I said, "See what I mean? This it does it it, it comes after me." And I said, "Can I can I protect us now?" And you were like, "Yep, you could do your thing." And I turned around right before I turned around in the situation. A literally a guy grabbed him and was like, "I got you, Pastor," <laughs> and took and took the kid away. And I was like, you know, because it's not fighting isn't cute. No, fighting is is stupid. Yes, and you have to to avoid most conflicts in life. You have to learn how to zig when you your instinct tells you to zag. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you have to learn how to um, pull back in the middle of conflict rather than lean in. Give the other person a moment to diffuse, just like you need time to diffuse when you're hot. And I get hot. You have to give the other person time to diffuse when they're hot, even though you feel like it's weakness. Yeah. It's actually strength to give another person room to be imperfect. And 
that doesn't mean you're con- you're giving up your ground. You're not losing your ter- territory. You're not surrendering yeah. Yeah. the fight. You're actually rising above yeah. um, the situation. And so I've been able to diffuse conflict all of my life. You have an incredible ability to, like, I've watched you literally put your hand out and be like, no. And the person, like, shuts down and is, like, calm. I've watched you, like, bring people to tears with just, like, you're going to stop now. And I'm like, are you, does that, a, is that a spiritual gift or is that just a, you're a Jedi? <laughs> and I've watched, like, really hostile, like, I've been in, we've been in places where, like, I'm scared for our, like, lives, yeah. situations. And you've just calmed it down with a single word or, like, and you have a, a, a presence about you. I have the opposite presence. <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out, because I don't want it forever. Like, when you're young, it's, it's, it's like one thing to be aggressive. But the older I get, the more I'm just like, all I want to do is, is work hard, be successful. I want people to know Jesus. I want to get married at some point. Live in a cool house and just enjoy life. Eat mm-hmm. good food. And basic things. And the great thing about learning how to have restraint... Because this is really about self-mastery. Yes. Talk about it. It's um, If your emotions take control over you, then you are the slave of your emotions. Mm. If your emotions are under your control, then you have mastery over your soul. So how do you control the response time? Oh, that's such a good question. Because it feels like... Like in me, I'm like, boom, I got to fire back or or I'm... or I'm giving up my strength. Okay. All right. So here, here's a here's um, a thought I want to leave you with. No, no, don't you're, don't leave, don't leave me, don't leave me. <laughs> Stay um, here. You will rarely regret your actions, but you will regret your reactions. Interesting. That most of us have the ability to make the right choices with our actions. It's actually our reactions that get us into trouble because your actions can be made from processing information. Yeah. But your reactions come from the outcome of your character. Right. And so a reaction is a decision made ahead of time by the shaping of your character. Right. So if you haven't decided ahead of time, how you'll act, you'll react in a way that you'll regret. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you have to decide ahead of time, when I'm offended, I will not act in offense. When I feel endangered, I will not act with aggressive aggression. When, I, um, when I'm afraid, I will not act out of that fear. And so your character becomes the material for your reactions. And your reactions are the dominant force that move you to a life of regret. Mm. Yeah, that's a great clip, huh? That's a great clip. That's a clip. That's a great clip. That's a clip. <laughs> so if you go back and evaluate your life, I know that's what I keep. That's why I keep smiling every time. <laughs> no. Every time you came to a place where you thought to yourself, "How did I get here?" Yeah. It's a reaction, not an action. And one of the things that I've learned in my life is my life is pretty much 99.999 action. And rarely do I have a reaction that I regret. I'm regretting everything right now. (laughs) I do think this, though. You know, it's never too late to make things right. 
That's right. Because I had a conversation. Like when I had moved back from New York to LA, I had hired a friend of ours to kind of help us with the creative team. She, basically, she was like this really super talented designer, and I mm-hmm. hired her to to kind of mentor some of the, the like the younger people on the team. Mm-hmm. I don't think she really wanted to work for church. I think she just loved us mm-hmm. and be around and like help. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of a contractor. It was like she was. It's the only time you've ever we've ever really done that. But like she was a kind of consultant yeah. to help train us to be better at like yep. Illustrator and Photoshop and do files and things like that. Are you good? I'm good. And um, but I was really I was like best friends with her brother. And, and I only say this now because we've just reconciled, but like I blew up on her brother because of something that I felt like me and her had, I reacted to a situation me and her had of just like not getting along or, or seeing, not seeing eye to eye. And then I blew up on her brother, who was also a really good friend of mine, pretty much ended that relationship. And we had been friends for the entirety of being in, in New York and we had kind of, he's a pastor's kid and he's incredible, incredible human being. Um, but I just, I didn't have the, I didn't have the ability to react in a healthy way and I was immature. And I was angry and he said something that upset me. And then I just responded with all the fuel from her on him. And he was like, what are you talking about? It was like, it was a bad, I just, I was the, I was the villain in the entire story. Maybe not in the friend to friend, but like in this other situation. But I, I reached out to him this, it's been five years. I reached out to him a couple, like a month ago. And I was like, Hey, can we jump on a phone call? And I just want to apologize. Like, I'm just sorry. And I like, you've gotten married now and you're like, you're doing so much cool stuff and I just see it and I like am so happy for you and I just think you deserve this whether you need it or not and I needed to do it Mm. and we sat on the phone for 30 minutes and and you know what I was not expecting anything from it I knew what I needed to do and we and I sat and I apologized and I was like look man like this is where I was at and and I'm not trying to rationalize it or explain anything I just want you to know I'm sorry and I want a relationship and I'm willing to go 90 10 Mm. Because I know that I, you deserve that for how bad I treated you in that moment. And he like, and it was crazy. I didn't expect anything. And he, he owned so much stuff too. Mm. Hey, I, I was putting a lot on you. I was in a, a place in my life, X, Y, Z. And it was a really beautiful moment. And it kind of gave me hope because I think sometimes when I'm, I look at my personality, the hypervigilance, the low impulse control, the like, <laughs> the, 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 the moments and the things I've had to grow grow beyond and also like being an aide and being highly driven and, and, and aggressive at times and really on it. I, I say so many things that I regret instantly. And I'm like, I'm like, I come to you all the time. I'm like, I didn't mean it. Like I wish people understood that what, how I meant to say it. And, and in response to my other friend who hit me up, it was like, I really, that really gave me hope because if you're, if you're willing to humble yourself and actually go into the situation and go like, can I redo this? Can, you know, and, and it does, and there's a lot of people who use that in a manipulative way, but yeah. I think we had had five years and I was like, can we redo this last mm. conversation? Can I ask for forgiveness? And it was something that was given to me and I was really grateful. And I feel like sometimes being my personality, I respond badly and then I want forgiveness right away because it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. But there's this distance that it's time that people need to kind of like heal from it and go like, you're not a healthy person or this way I'm mean, being interacted with doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking a thousand thoughts a second. So for me, it's been years in my brain. Mm-hmm. But for that person, it's only been moments. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned to go, okay, look, if I'm going to say this, I'm going to have to deal with the reaction of what I'm going to say. And if I say something that really hurts somebody, I really got to like take the time away to like let them heal or 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 vent it out or does this make sense yeah absolutely and so like i do think there is a path way back from being a fighter to like someone who actually is leading with kindness i just haven't figured out how to always lead with kindness and not the fight part (laughs) 
Well, you're you're um, you're like a super loyal friend. So when 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 one one of your friends is being attacked, one of the things I really respect about you is that something in our culture, we we just are way too thirsty to hear negative things about other people. One hundred percent. And you refuse to ever be in a room that talks bad about people. You're right. And and that because that's how you want people to treat you. Yeah. And because you've been the the object of people talking about you in other rooms without giving you a chance to speak your your side. Yeah. And so you've also created a culture where you just don't let people talk bad about other people. Yeah, I don't let anyone... It doesn't mean you can't critique <coughs> something someone did, mm-hmm. but it, I don't let anyone make character judgments on people. Mm-hmm. But this guy's a really bad guy because... No, no, no. You don't know him. And also, I know enough about you to remind you how bad you were. Yeah, and also... <laughs> Dude, like, I'm not trying to compare, but it's like, if you if, if the person's in the room, you got to give him a fair fight. Yeah, and... you got to act like he's there. And you call out when you know that people are enjoying someone else's... Yes, failure. Uh, failure. Yeah, and I have a hard time with it, with even people I don't like. Yeah, that's like, right. Like... You a, do not enjoy the failure of people no. that want you to fail no because it's like i pray for i literally pray for my enemies that's the that's a real that's a real thing that you've taught me and the bible has taught me but then i also pray like you know god the david prayer like prepare a feast before my enemies <laughs> so i'm like look let them eat but also let me eat better <laughs> well, i mean the, the best revenge is to become a better human being and to live a more beautiful life yes to enjoy life fully yeah and because one of the things I, i've noticed is that when you're bitter, you do not want the person you're bitter against to actually be happy. Right. And that actually causes you to not be happy. Right. Like, and so if you're like in your soul going, I hope that person's miserable, I guarantee you, you will be miserable. You get what you want for your enemies. Right. You get what you want for others. I, I think even a good example is like the the election. I think the election is yeah. a great example of like, okay, we had a shot to make a collective group decision mm-hmm. on one president or the other. Mm-hmm. And whether you like got what you wanted or you didn't get what you wanted, now it's the choice is on you. Don't trash everyone else who believes something different for all the conservatives or, or the liberals. Like don't 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 trash the winner. Just now it's your decision. If you all the trash you said about like I'm gonna move to Canada when this person won, like go to Canada or not. Yeah. Which is funny because it was all the liberals when Trump won, they said we're gonna go to Canada and Canada's population didn't increase. So like that's the thing. <laughs> but then now it's all the conservatives who are like, We're gonna bunker down in Texas and XYZ and I'm like, Well go they're, then. They're, they're actually moving they, to they Texas. Are moving <laughs> to Texas so it's, but it's like like but go then. And it, it, I think I do think that it's like there there does become a time where you've just gotta move on mm-hmm. from from the like the ultimatums in 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 a situation, yeah, and and I I'm reminded of that in politics. I'm like, look, like, what happened happened, and now we're gonna we're still gonna build the greatest country that we can. Mm-hmm. We're still gonna be the best people that we can. And so, the, if the goal hasn't changed, then I think we sh- we shouldn't. We should just continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that people get really really frustrated in failure, and so then they end up just fighting their way out. They end up burning the bridge, and that's mm-hmm. one thing you've really taught me is like, look, just because you didn't like the bridge doesn't mean you need to burn it. Yeah, just walk across it and go on to something. Go on to something else. Yeah, and finishing well, ending well, fighting well, has really helped me. And I still make so many mistakes, mm-hmm. 
But I don't know. Where do you want to go from here? Well, you know what? I, I just remember one time, because let's move it to the category of like... Uh, what? Of preaching, because... Oh, gosh. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times I would preach and people felt like it was their role to give me a critique the uh, moment I was done. Uh, and um, and early on, I, I remember this conversation, this was almost like, oh my goodness, like 25 years ago. Uh, I was constantly, I mean, every time I preached, I would get criticized. Yeah. And, and this guy came up to me and he said, hey, how can I be one of the people who gives you input on your messages every week? Yeah. And I remember that's when I was making a transition realizing... I have created the most dysfunctional environment by giving everyone a voice in my life. And I remember looking at him saying, you will never be one of the voices that tells me anything about my messages. Right. And, and he just looked at me kind of shocked because he, he thought he had the right to do that. And he, and he was frustrated that I wouldn't give him access to that. And so he came just point blank and asked. And they eventually left, you know, because... Thank goodness. Yeah. But but after that point, I let everyone tell me anything they wanted to tell me about how good or bad my messages were. And you have to establish healthy boundaries in your life. Yeah. You, you really do. And healthy boundaries are built on healthy relationships. And... When you have healthy relationships, you have good critique in your life. I would say this: like some of my best friends who have that space in my life to critique mm-hmm. don't do it when they know they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Like when I walk off a, a platform and know I blew it, mm-hmm. they don't kick me while I'm down. No, they encourage you. They, hey, man, <laughs> you do, like I, that. Like they, they like. Like Eric Roy comes to mind because I've blown some messages in front of him, and he always finds something to compliment me on. Isn't that wonderful to have that person? Yeah, because I don't like, you know, like when you did good, you're like, yeah, did you like this? You're like, oh, yeah, I really like that. You did great. It's like you can tell the difference. Yeah. When they're having to find a compliment, you just go, thank you, and you just walk, and you yeah. just move on. And you're like, I know I can go back, and I'm going to watch this thing and then fix it and then yeah. well, When you it. say, how was it, and they go, love your shoes. I just don't even ask those days. I don't even ask yeah. those days. But I do find it interesting because I remember like when we yeah. were first starting Venice, I don't even know if you knew this, but there's like this big influencer who DM'd you. And he had, like, millions of followers and said that, hey, I went to Venice for the first time. And, like, they were, it was all right. Like, I would love to be, like, a communicator on that platform because I'm local to Venice and I've got a lot, huge following, blah, blah, blah. You never – I don't even know if you saw it, but I saw it on your Instagram because I was in your DMs. And, and I remember being, like – one, I felt really loved because I was like, man, he really could have replaced me with something like everyone really big. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I also was just like, it's always an interesting thing of like when we feel like we can bring something to the situation mm-hmm. because, you know, what what is it that we're actually bringing with our voice or our or our influence or 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 even just the, the, the ability to critique someone? Because mm-hmm. I don't think he even realized I was your son. He was just like bashing me <laughs> in your DMs in a backhanded way. And I was like, dang, like that sucks, you know? So that you, when you have, when I see people that critique and even the guy who had like the big following and he, I mean, he had millions of followers, like basically offer his services up to you. And I, like, I, I had like an internal decision. I either had to just w- crawl into a hole and want to die <laughs> or, or just do the hard work of going, okay, like there are people who are maybe more talented, have a bigger following, have X, Y, and Z behind them, but I'm going to do the work to get better each and every week. And I remember you looking at me being like, I called you to kill Venice. Yeah, you, you quit. 
No, no, no. I asked you to put me out of my misery. <laughs> yes, like, you put did. me down, please. Like, <laughs> this thing isn't growing. And me and Carlos would talk mm-hmm. and be like, because Carlos was like co pastor, him and his wife, and be like, what is happening? Yeah, you came to me and said, hey, I think we should just shut it down. I think, Dad, you should just, you know, call it a day and shut like, down Venice. And this thing. And it was, a, I remember calling you on a Thursday and yeah. being like, can I please announce this is the last week we're going to do it? It was here. January, I believe. Yeah, in January on a Thursday, and then we would meet on Thursday night. So I was like, "Please just put me out of our misery. I cannot do this another week." This and is I said, so "Well, there's bad. another option." What? I said, "Why don't you get to work and make it succeed?" You like you, and you said like you're going to speak every week until it either dies or it grows. Yep. Because yeah, yeah, I said yeah. You haven't yeah. you haven't really built it based on you speaking every week. You found some way to avoid that platform, and I know why. And I'm like, look, if it's going to die, at least. Let it die with you giving it everything you've got. Yeah. So we went to work, and 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 it grew. It tripled in size, which it was grew like really fast, really fast. And and I remember me and Carlos looked at each other one day and we're like, remember that one time we wanted to like just <laughs> we're like begging to put us out of our misery because it wouldn't grow for the life of us. Mm-hmm. So I was on this like phone call. Like one, I want to talk about two things as we end. Because I was on this 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 FaceTime with this young guy in Australia and who mm-hmm. I really do like love a lot and care about. I think he's incredibly cool. Um, and he's going to be amazing. But he was talking about like the size and he's like, you know, we went from 100 people to, to 30 people after COVID. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but that's actually like not that bad of a decrease. <laughs> Think about those, those mega churches who have 20,000 people and now they have 2,000 people. Yeah. Like the, the loss is greater. <laughs> you know, but like, but when you have that, like those 100 people and you go to 30, you're like, dang, I would rather have that 2,000. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but like numbers wise, you have, you're way wor- you're way better off, and or percentage wise. And I do think we get into this game of like where we compare ourselves, where we criticize ourselves, and we don't just see like maybe the goodness that that like is happening in the situation. So can I tell you why I didn't pick that guy over you? Why? It's not just that you're my son. Oh, thank you. So not just nepotism. No, because I've done this with so many people in the yeah. past. Yeah. And then when people go, hey, how come you're letting your son do that? I'm going, well, because I, I did it with this person and 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 this person, and why wouldn't I do it with my own flesh and blood? Yeah. Um, you were damaged and hurt and wounded in the church, through the church, which is the story of so many people in America. Right. They moved to hate God because of how toxic the church was. Right. If you found healing outside of the church, your story would have literally been... The church was toxic and almost killed me. I had to stay outside of the movement of Jesus to find healing. Yeah. And for me, it was the church is cut your soul to pieces, and it's going to be in the context of community that you're going to find your healing. Yeah. And I wanted you to be the person standing in the middle of that space because your story really matters. Yeah. That because there are millions. I, I wish there was just hundreds, but there are millions of people who have this story that they grew up in church and the church was so toxic, it made them hate God and walk away from their faith. Yeah. I knew that your story, your life was a, like, I'm going to use a kind of biblical language here, was a prophetic metaphor that was critical to the future of Mosaic. Mm. Um, I couldn't let the story of your life end with, um, with just the uh, the wounding. There had to be like the process of healing. And to me, like we held on tight to you because 
Um, I want you to know that the church is a place where you can mess up and still find your way through. And I know it's, it's, it feels like such an unsafe place. And then I thought, such a powerful metaphor. Look, I can get a guy who speaks to millions of people, but when you stand up and you can tell your story and go, this is who I was, this is what I'm going through, and this is why I'm still here, that's real hope. Yeah. See, that's a real story. Right. And, uh, and that's why that little building was jam-packed with standing room only, because it wasn't your sermon in those 30 minutes. It was, it was the sermon of the life you're fighting to live right. that filled that room with people. Yeah. And I think with, you know, one, I'm, I'm grateful for the compliment. That wasn't the point of that story, but I'll take it. <laughs> but I do think, like, at the end of the day, we are, we are our hardest, hard, hardest, harshest critic. And, and, I, and, and so when people try to take that from us, mm-hmm. I always find it odd. So I'm like, why would I try to be your most brutal critic in life? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would just either stay out of your life or just encourage you. Mm-hmm. And and I do find it odd that we live in an era, in a generation, in a time where we're so critical of each other that we refuse to give each other oxygen to like breathe and also to grow. And we kind of just suck out the life from each other. And I do, we have this kind of Dementor, like a Harry Potter reference, like this <laughs> Dementor kind of spirit about humanity at times, especially on the internet, that I, I, I do really, I don't think it's wrong to fight back, but I also don't think we need to, we need, we need the fight in general. Mm-hmm. And so for, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know why, but I, I just I kept having this thought in my head that, oh my gosh, Christianity is Slytherin. Slytherin. Oh no. And it, it's time that we... Um, Get back to being Gryffindor. Yeah. Maybe that's the, that, that's the underlying purpose of Battle Ready. Is, get us back to Gryffindor. Is to get the people of Jesus to Gryffindor and get them out of Slytherin. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, if you haven't watched Harry Potter, Maybe it's so it's confused. in between Kings and Chronicles. Kings and Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's so bad. We're in so much trouble for that statement. Um, with that said, I do think this is a, a bit of like a random one episode, but I do I really like it. I think it's really it. specific. Yeah. Eat the criticism mm. and uh, consume it. Not where it becomes your meal, but it's something you devour because when they criticize you, learn from it and get better, mm-hmm. but don't let it limit you and define you. Yeah, I do. I do love. I do love when certain, like when someone says, like you know, I used to go to Mosaic. I always ask why. Mm-hmm. Why did you used to go to Mosaic? And they're usually like it's a funny thing because it's it's kind of like a I don't think people realize it's like a, a kind of a diss when it they is say a, it. Yeah, I think it's a subconscious thing that people yeah. say. It's like I used to go there, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, why'd you used to go there? And then people are always so shocked because they don't want to have to deal with that part. Mm-hmm. They just want to. They want the like. They want the 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 power of being like. But now I go here, and and then I and then I <laughs> someone the other day was like telling me. What, like they're like I go to this church, but like I don't like it, and then I don't like that church either. But I was defending those guys like so much harder than they, because I was like I just don't let I don't want anyone talking bad about it. Like I actually agreed with them, but mm-hmm. I I wasn't gonna let them have that. 
Yeah. I was like, no, no, I really know that guy, and he's really kind. I know that this guy is really kind. There's like four or five people I really dislike, but like the rest of them are really kind. And I was like, I find myself fighting for people that I don't even want to fight for because I do think it's in our. I do think that's like Jesus. Yeah. They're like, I'm gonna if I if if my if my innate ability is to fight for people, fight fight with people, I'm gonna fight for people. Remember, Jesus said, if they're not against us, they're with us. And so he let's so let's stop making enemies of each other. Yeah. Why don't we? Lift each other up, encourage each other, and um, yeah. and celebrate each other as we um, struggle to do meaningful things in life. Totally, I love that. Uh, I'm so excited, man! I can't um, I can't wait for the days to come. It's Christmas. It is Christmas, and you, you know. And so I just want to encourage everyone to have a great Christmas season. I'm excited. Don't let uh, COVID or the quarantine steal all the Christmas joy. Oh, <laughs> I have things. But we'll talk about them off camera, and then we'll talk, and maybe we'll talk about them on camera. All right. Um, yes. Merry Christmas to it, all. Enjoy some great Christmas songs, some great Christmas movies, some Christmas lights. Yes. And um, what's your favorite thing about Christmas? Uh, it's it's so hard. I love everything about Christmas. Okay. So oh, I was uh, oh yesterday we snuck off to this little store, and they were singing. There was Christmas music. And I start singing out loud to your mom, and your mom's so embarrassed, and she looks at the people and like, he's in a Christmas mood. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. It's like uh, I, I'm, I've become less and less embarrassed, and I just more and more just goofy yeah. and crazy. I think, what do I love? I, I actually, I don't love, you get mad at me because I don't love Christmas music. I don't love Christmas church music. I could not stand Christmas church music. We, this needs to be censored. But I do. All right, yeah, it, we will try. not allow this. You cannot censor yes, me. <laughs> but I do love. I do love Christmas music, like just normal Christmas music. Just I love. I love the warmth. I love the lights. I love the snow. I love even though we don't get a lot of snow in California. Like today was cold when I woke up and I was like, yes, I can wear a jacket. <laughs> but I, I do love. I think more and more, I really do just love it. I love the warmth. I love the idea of just being together with family and like food. Food is my favorite part of Christmas. Food mm. and the music. Like I love that. I love that. I love the smell of the tree, of Christmas trees. Like I just genuinely love the aroma of the season. Yeah, and help each other find joy. Last night your mom was uh, my your mom was kind of down. She goes, "No one's got any Christmas lights up." So I started driving her through. We and live in a Jewish neighborhood. That is a part of the reason. <laughs> yeah, Hanukkah stuff. <laughs> but I found a bunch of Christmas lights. I said, look here, look here, look yeah. here, look here. And the direction you look shapes the perspective you have. Yeah. And uh, by the time we were done, she was like, oh, there's so many great Christmas lights. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So make sure you take time to um, look for the things that bring you joy. Yes. Take the time. We gotta take go go find some Christmas lights and enjoy it. All right. I wish hey, we could like I wish we could leave with like some jingle bells. You were listening to the Bad Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus. This is my dad, Earl McManus. You can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can leave us stars. You can leave a review. You can ask us a question. You can email us, Aaron, at BadReadyPodcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram at BadReadyPodcast. You can also check out my dad's new line. Um, at McManus Gallery on Instagram. And um, and we just hope that you have an incredible Christmas. Uh, we're going to keep doing this, at least it looks like until the new year, and we'll figure out what we're doing with that already until then. But um, I love doing this podcast with you. It's a real joy. Yeah.
One of my favorite things in life. Oh, and one thing we do, we have this ability. You can sponsor the podcast. You can donate. You can give 99 cents. You can give, I think you can give 4.99. You can give like 9.99. And I had someone, the sweetest human, send me a DM and was like, hey, I'm in college. I'm giving 99 cents a month. And I was like, that was actually kind of the goal. Like we just want, if you give 99 cents, we're like so happy. But I do think it like gives people an opportunity to like, to contribute to what we're building. And maybe we'll go on tour. Maybe we'll do more merch. Maybe we'll just do like bring on guests and do exciting things. But it's a really cool thing. We have 24 people people supporting us that's awesome thousands of people on the internet most people don't even know they can support us so that's why i'm talking about it but you're more than welcome to and if not we're just grateful that you get to enjoy the podcast and we love that you listen we love that you share we love that you engage so give us a comment on instagram and we usually post clips i post clips when i remember then you can pick which ones you like and repost and do the whole thing so anyways merry christmas merry christmas merry what's the what's the saying merry christmas to all and to all a good night that's it what movie is that I'm going to go watch that tonight, the night before Christmas. All right. All right. Good night. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.